This is the Comedy Reject Podcast with your host, Sterling Scott. Hey, what's going on? And welcome to another episode of the Comedy Reject Podcast, sponsored by Scarborough's Finest. And you can find this episode on TaylorMadeRadio.ca as well as a bunch of other amazing programs. So make sure you check out TaylorMadeRadio.ca. And with that, let's begin the show. All right, people, I'm back. How you doing? How's your being back outside? How's the how's the weather out there? You know, like what is it? What's it like on the outside? <laughs> Man, I got to tell you guys, it's been uh, an interesting week over here in Sterlingville. Let me give you guys an update on what happened. So last week, I uh, told you guys I hit a wolf. Um, that is 100% true. I did not post the picture, but I, I will. Just remind me, and I will post you guys the picture of this wolf that I hit. And uh, my vehicle, uh, I still haven't gotten word yet. I'm just dealing with these annoyingly stupid people who have not uh answered me back see i need them who told my vehicle to provide me with a mechanical update on how much it costs my vehicle to be fixed in order so that i can go to insurance and get my money back for the emergency rental cars and all that stuff but these people haven't answered me back yet i've been calling every day they don't answer or when they do answer i get not the owner but the owner's wife who apparently just has her phone number connected to the company phone number because I asked her to speak to the manager and she's like, I'm grocery shopping. What? Are you fucking kidding me? You're grocery shopping. What kind of amateur setup is this? But either which way, they have my vehicle and um, I don't know what's going to happen yet with the car. Uh, I'm going to post pictures of the damage to the car on the Comedy Reject uh, Instagram page so you guys could see what happened because my hope my hope is that uh, the vehicle will be able to be repaired and be back on the road uh, because I'll be honest with you man like I, I know it's just money but you can imagine how angry and angry to the point of laughter I was that I just dropped one thousand dollars to fix my car, and within 24 hours, the vehicle is now off the road. And it happened because I killed a fucking wolf. Like, it still blows me away. Like, to all of my listeners, have you, any of my listeners, have you ever even seen a wolf? Like, have you even seen a wolf in real life, up close and personal? Well, I can tell you right now, not only did I see a wolf in person, but I fucking killed one. I don't know. I don't, it, and in some kind of way, it feels kind of gangster. Because I killed a wolf. How many people can say that? How many of my listeners right now can be like, I killed a wolf? You know who can? I can. Yes, I did it with a 2007 Mazda 3, but whatever, man. Use whatever weapon you got when you have to face the wolf. I had mine. 
We both went to battle. Only one of us are still here. <laughs> Man. No, I'm not happy that I killed the wolf. I'm just playing. But, uh, I mean, it is... Uh, it is a terrible time for that to happen because of the fact that I'm still unemployed and uh, it looks like uh, it might be a little bit longer. Um, I was excited last week to tell you guys that I had some new dates coming up. And uh, so basically what was happening was that uh, here in Edmonton, Alberta, for all my out-of-town listeners... Uh, here in Edmonton, Alberta, the comic strip in the West Edmonton Mall, Canada's biggest mall, uh, they were opening back up and doing shows. And they called up your boy to do some headlining dates. My first ever uh, week of straight headlining uh, at the comic strip uh, was about to come up. Uh, they were the actual dates that they had given me. Uh, was June 23rd till the 29th. Uh, now, it has not been canceled, but those dates are in question, and here's why. So the comic strip opened back up on May 14th and started doing comedy shows, and the Alberta Health Services shut them down yesterday. And the reason why they shut them down Believe it or not, is because they said that laughter is dangerous. That due to COVID-19, laughter, fucking laughter, is dangerous. Now, uh, the reason why they're saying it's dangerous is because uh, the comedians are going to laugh, make the people laugh so much that the six-foot distance will not be enough. And the owner of the comic strip, Rick Bronson, uh, shout outs to Rick Bronson, uh, is furious. And rightfully so, I understand why he'd be furious because his uh, point that he's saying is all the other bars and restaurants are open and all these people are going out to talk, laugh and have a good time. Why is it that they are allowed to be open Whereas the comedy clubs are penalized. So with that having happening right now, uh, officially the comic strip has been closed. Will it be open in time for me to be headlining? I don't know. But if it is, I really hope that all of my Edmonton listeners, you know what I would really love? If you guys came all on one day to one of my shows where I'm headlining and then we could take a picture together. Well, not together because, of course, I don't want uh, anybody getting sick <laughs> knowing my degenerate fans. Some of you guys are nasty motherfuckers. Um, but I would like for you guys to be coming out to my first show if it even happens. If not, well, I do have some other things that will be happening. But I do want to say, though, this. Uh, I'm very, very thankful for the listeners that I have. This is episode number five. And I will say that the people that are listening are list the same people. I'm guessing it's the same people because the numbers are exactly the same week after week. And the numbers aren't crazy high at the moment. But you know what? I want you guys to understand something. You people that are listening right now, all right, 
you mean the world to me. Because you're fucking with me right now when no one else is. You guys are my foundation and my rock right now. And that means the fucking world to me. So thank you guys for listening, man. And thank you guys for coming back. Because um, it's dark times out there. And I don't know when the hell I'm going to get back on stage. So because I don't know when I'm going to get back on stage, this is all I have right now is this podcast and some other things that I'm cooking up there, baby, uh, which I'll tell you in a few minutes. So something somebody said to me the other day, uh, well, not said to me, they asked me. And uh, the answer that I had just fell out of my mouth, but it ended up being something that really let me see a good reflection uh, of myself during these times. And uh, I was happy about it. I had a friend. uh, His name is Randy. Randy has an amazing podcast. Uh, You could find him on Instagram, Randy King Live. Randy, when I get my money up, I am coming to you for uh, self-defense lessons. So what Randy does is he travels the world teaching people how to uh, protect themselves uh, with uh, self-defense classes, knife fighting classes, uh, and also how to, you know, train. He trains security guards. Uh, look him up. Randy King live on Instagram. So Randy uh, shot me a message the other day and just asked me something quite simple that a lot of people like get asked. And he said, uh, you know, Sterling, how are you doing? And I wrote back, financially, I am broken. But spiritually, I have never been better in my life. And I kind of just, you know, just answered immediately with that. But then it really resonated with me. Yo, I am in shambles right now. Shambles financially. Um, But truthfully, truthfully, I have, I, I, I just, I can't explain it. I, I don't know how to say it. Other than that, I have never been this happy uh, in my life. Like, I've never felt so positive towards the future, so incredibly optimistic, so, I don't know, just just, just uh, positive is the only damn word I can think of at them. For lack of better words, because my vocabulary outside of curse words and Scarborough slang is very uh, limited uh, positive is, is is ridiculous positivity uh, every day. Like I look forward to every day and I'm excited for every day. I'm excited for every event, any anything that's happening. And no matter what bad has been happening to me, losing my car, killing the wolf, you know, being unemployed, dates being canceled, none of it has brought me down. None of it. Not being on lockdown, you know, nothing. I don't understand. I don't understand what it is. And you know what? I'm not trying to understand it. I ain't going to mess with it. If it's work, if it's not broke, don't fix it. That's pretty much the only way I could uh, see how to think about that. And uh, I hope that a lot of you guys out there that are listening are finding ways to stay positive as well. Because no matter how dark the night gets, you know, the, the sun will shine. And as corny as that sounds, if you've been through some shit, like you've been through some shit, then 
you know how much that sentence really means. That no matter how dark it gets, that there will be light. So you guys stay strong, stay positive, and keep going. You know. Now with some good news on the way, I do have an amazing announcement to make for you guys right here on the podcast, and that is that the Comedy Reject podcast starting from episode six and on will not only be a video podcast, I mean, sorry, <laughs> kind of ruined the surprise there, not only be an audio podcast that you can find on TaylorMadeRadio.ca and all your other major streaming sites, but it will also be a video podcast. That's right. From now on, I will be doing a video as well as audio, and it ain't going to be no uh, terrible setup because I, for the last two weeks, have been building a film studio in my spare bedroom in my apartment, and uh, it's coming together. I've been getting help from um, people in the industry that I know in Edmonton who do lighting, film, uh, and I've been taking classes on you. Well, not classes. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. That's my way of saying I take classes. But I'm learning how to do green screen, video editing. I'm even learning how to do stop motion animation. And the reason why I'm trying to learn all of this is to provide more comedic content for all of you. So uh, you guys can look forward to some amazing things. Like, for example... Uh, I'm going to have definitely more stand-up performances. Now, I know a lot of people have been doing a lot of hit and miss with their live stand-up stand-up performances, but I believe with the studio I've built, the camera setup that I have, that it is going to be not only interactive, but entertaining. So... Look out for all of that stuff coming out very soon. And uh, yeah, episode six, you will be able to watch that episode as well as listen to it. So uh, look forward to that. It's going to be very, very, very interesting when that studio gets put and working. And I'm trying to like think of innovative uh, ways to entertain you guys. Like here's one that I have. All right. For my little bit of listeners right here, let me know what you think about this idea, okay? Because of the fact that I've got my little film studio, I could create a lot of things. And one of the series I want to do is something where I can incorporate a lot of the other talents from around the city. So, for example, there is a phenomenal artist in Edmonton who does listen to this podcast, and I'm not shouting him out because he listens to the podcast. I'm shouting it out because this person is truly, truly an artist. Like, that's the only way I could really describe what this person does, is just that he's an artist. And uh, that person is, uh, his name is Uzi La. All right? I want, let me try to find him right now. Because I want I want you guys to find him on Instagram, and I want you guys to uh, give him a listen uh, to his music. Like listen to what it is that he does, and and you will see this guy is phenomenal. 
and I honestly, Uzi, if you're listening, not only do I want to have you on the podcast so that people can get to know you and where to get your music, but I want you to be singing my intro for my podcast. So you see the intro I have right now? I don't want that anymore. I want my entire podcast and entertainment to be put together by people who are super talented that I know. You know, I feel like uh, th- there's so much talent around us and we keep reaching out to things, other things and wondering why we're not growing within our own community. It's because we're not uh, using the talents of our own community. So Uzi, if you're listening, uh, I would love to have you on this podcast. And I also would really love that the intro to this podcast be sang by you. And uh I used to use a lot of uh, another amazing, uh, talented artist by the name of Arlo Maverick. That guy, I've actually used some of his songs on my DVD, my first ever DVD. Uh, I've been chocolate my whole life. Uh, is actually the soundtrack is from uh, Arlo Maverick's album, and uh, on my second album, I believe I also used. Uh, music from him as well music for mavericks check them out as well super talented people and uh so the show idea sorry let me digress the show idea that i want to have is live jam sessions with my people with with people like just have them come in and you know using the green screen and creating kind of like a setting like just vibe out just vibe out for five or six minutes, and that's it. Just come on in. We talk for a little bit about yourself and what it is you do, and then we just have a jam session. You know, that's something I want to do. Um, another thing I want to do is um, I don't have a name for it yet, but essentially what it would be to keep my stand-up skills sharp would be a show where... I would do this one live. So this one would be on Facebook live or Instagram live and it would be filmed in the studio. So it would look really nice. And what would be happening is uh, I would be working on material. So I would have all of you guys log in and you'd be watching the show. And then to make it interactive, I would pitch the ideas of the joke. So I would like just... I. I would try to, I would just try the joke, you know what I mean? And if you like the joke or you could see that there's potential in its growth, then you would write on the all of you who are watching would write and be like, "Yeah, we like it." So I used to do that in live shows. I used to be like, "I'm going to work on the bit, and if I do the bit and you like the bit, at the end you would say, "Keep that shit." And if you didn't like the bit, you would say, throw that shit out. Uh, I want to do something like that for uh, myself and not only myself, but other comedians in the community because I think it would be way more fun if I was to be able to have uh, practicing social distancing, of course, if one to two comedians, my house, is, my house is big, by the way, so if you're thinking having two people over at my house is too much, go fuck yourself. Uh, I'd have two people over, two comedians at my house, and uh, I would start off the show. I would host, and I would try my bits. 
then I would introduce the next comedian and then I would leave the room and let that comedian try their bits. And then the next comedian would introduce the third comedian and they would come in and work on their bit. And then that comedian would then introduce me back into the room and I'd close off the show. And I think it would be fun because you guys, the audience, get to see us working and building the process. And you can appreciate how hard it is for us to make a funny joke. And if it's not funny, you can laugh at us for it not being funny or how terrible the idea is. But if it is funny, you get to see that coal turn to diamond, you know. And then when you guys come out to a live show, you could sit back with your arms crossed, kind of feeling proud of yourself when you see a joke that you said to keep land on a crowd of like 400 people. I'm guessing this will be in 2022. And just a bunch of people laughing and you're like, I was there. You know, I'm one of the ones, you know, I just think it would be a great interactive and entertaining way for you, the audience, to get your laughs and us, the comedians, to be able to work on our craft. Because uh, the way things are going right now, I don't know when we're going to be back in the into doing large-scale shows. Like, I don't know when we'll be able to say we could do a 1,000 people again. So until that time, the best thing to do right now is to not only build my brand but figure out how to, you know, increase my fan base and most of all, retain the loyal people that I have that listen to my shit right now. And so I'm, I'm excited about it. So we'll see how that goes. And, uh, you know, hopefully it works out. Hopefully it works out. And what else am I into? Well, for some of you who do know me in person, I have started a small little group started we started may 1st and it was look listen it was a workout group and the and with like a little challenge and a, it's a competition okay it's a competition about setting goals and who makes them and i know you guys are like why the hell would you do that and the reason why i did it is simply this look i was becoming a fat piece of shit people and listen i know You know, you you ever look at yourself in the mirror and just be like, if I was in shape, I'd be crushing it. Well, that's how I feel, man. I feel like, you know, since I've been getting older, uh, I've been getting I've been getting handsome. All right. I'm not trying to sound arrogant. I'm going to tell you guys right now, I've been ugly. I was an ugly kid for a very long time. All right. A very fucking long time. That's why my personality is great, because my face wasn't, you know, now in my ripe old age of 38, I'm becoming a zaddy. That's right. My face is no longer ugly. But uh, my body has decided, you know, to fuck off. But it's not my body's fault. It's my fault. It's all the things I shoved in my stupid head. So I wanted to get back into shape and not just get into shape. I want to get into fucking porn star shape. But the only problem is I'm not motivated Unless it's through competition. And the reason why is because I didn't ever work out unless it was to... I never tried to improve my body unless it was to improve my chances of winning in a sport. And so now I can't get myself motivated 
until there's some kind of competition. So now that we've been in the competition, today is May 24th. So we're 24 days in. And 24 days in, I am now, uh, I'm six pounds down. I started this competition, I was 181.5. And now I am today 176.5. So uh, what is that? Let me make sure that's right. 181, 180, 179, 178, 170. Yeah, okay. Uh, five, six pounds down. Yeah. So um, I want to take it to the next level. So I bought a book. Yes, I bought a book on audible though because i can't read too long i fall asleep i don't know why but i just i'm fucking lazy if i start reading something i'm gonna fall asleep so i got a book on audible about uh the keto diet the an anti-inflammatory diet and a some other fucking diet so i was listening to the keto diet which has been very popular with a lot of people and listening to the book i finished the book in one day and um, listening to the book about all the benefits of ketogenics, uh, it definitely made me feel like, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. So starting today, May 24th, mark it down, people. I am 176 pounds. My intention on July 1st is to weigh 165 pounds and have a six-pack. Okay, and then by August 1st, I'm filming porn. Okay, that's that's the okay. I'm joking, by the way. I'm joking. I don't really mean that I would do porn. I don't think I would do porn because of the fact that, as crazy as because I have kids, let's just be honest, I have kids and I don't want not that I don't want them to grow up and not be porn stars of their own, I just know that the curiosity is eventually going to be like, my dad was in a porn, and I don't want them to watch it. I don't want them to see their dad fucking. That's what it is, all right? The only time my kids should catch me fucking is if they opened the door when they were children and I was banging their mom, all right? That's the only time that my kids should catch me fucking because at that time, they didn't even know I'm fucking. Not until they're like 30 years old and they have a flashback of when they were five and they realize that we weren't just wrestling in the bed. All right. So I'm not actually going to do porn, but I want I want a nice body, man. I want a nice body. And I could tell you right now, if I get a nice body, I'm going to be fucking insufferable, people. I will be <laughs> I will be fucking insufferable because if I have a nice body, there's no way I'm wearing clothes. Like, as much nakedness as possible, I am going to go find myself a leather jacket that I can wear where I don't have to wear a shirt underneath it. Like, that level of nakedness will be happening. I want to I be in the kind of shape where I could wear what Carl Weathers was wearing in Rocky Three. okay? Half top, booty shorts, long socks, and still look like I'll fuck you up in a street fight. That's the level of body that I'm looking to get, all right? And I think I'm going to do it with this keto diet. I really feel like it's going to happen. Because if I get to that level where I can have stripper body or porn star body. Now, 
Stripper body is probably going to be more than porn star body because porn stars, some male porn stars, they look like shit. But for the most part, if you're a male stripper, you got to be jacked. But I don't think I could do stripping because simply because I don't know how to keep my dick hard that long. Like, I mean, not <laughs> let me finish. OK, let me let me rephrase that. I don't know how I could walk out on stage with a rock hard dick and swing that shit around and it just stay hard while I'm not excited or turned on. You know what I mean? Like I got to get hard and then stay hard. You know, my whole life, my whole fucking life, I've been training my dick to not be hard in public. And now it's an essential. I don't think I would be able to do it. I don't know. I, I, if, if I figured out that, if I figured that out, and shit got really bad. If I figured out the trick of how to keep my dick at full length and strip for seven minutes or however long it is a fucking male stripper is on stage, uh, if shit got bad, you know what? I'd probably strip. In fact, I'm going to tell you guys something. I did strip once. Yes, that's right. I, Sterling Scott, did strip once. The first time I ever stripped, here's how it went down. The first time I ever stripped was for a bunch of 12 and 13-year-old girls. Now, before you guys uh, get out the pedophilia stick and start poking at me, understand that I, too, was only 12 years old. Now, if you're wondering to yourself, why in the fuck would a 12-year-old strip? Well, I'll tell you why. Because that fucking commercial for the Klondike bars... What would you do for a Klondike bar? Let me tell you something. When you're poor growing up in the hood, a Klondike bar was $2.50. That was might as well have been $25 because it was ridiculous. It was like that was insane to have. And I really wanted that ice cream sandwich. And I would always laugh about that, the fact that I wanted one. And let me tell you how much two fifty dollars was, okay, in my day. $2.50, all right, in comparison a Jamaican beef patty was 75 cents, okay? And a Klondike bar was $2.50. So do you understand that? That's the equivalent of, of uh, cause what are beef patties today? What, $3, okay? Which means that a ice cream bar in relation to a beef patty was four times as expensive so if a beef patty today is $3, that means that a Klondike bar would have been $12 in relation. And you're talking about $12 to an impoverished child <laughs> in Scarborough. So I would always be like, man, I would love a Klondike bar. I would absolutely kill for one. And then one day, a group of the girls in my neighborhood in Pitfield were like, what do you mean you would do anything for a Klondike bar? And I was like, fuck, say what you want, and I would do it. You know, fuck it. And then they said, would you strip for us? And at 12, you guys have to understand that I, for some weird reason, had a lot of confidence in my... I, I've never thought I had a small dick. Not saying... You know, oh, yeah, I, would. I just never had looked at it and been like, I wish I had more. I was always content with my penis size, all right? It's not too big. It's not too little. 
it's just right. It's just a good. Anybody who's fucked me will tell you what Sterling's dick like, and they'd be like, it's just right. It's just it's, it's it it covers all the bases. All right, it's gonna fit, and it's not gonna fucking uh uh. It's not gonna just tickle you, and it's not gonna give you uh a goddamn hard time where you know all of a sudden your insides are turned out it's just right it's just a good size you know so i didn't i wasn't afraid to show my penis if need be so i was like well fuck it i would strip and eight of the girls in the neighborhood put the money together to buy two ice cream bars because i don't come cheap apparently and in our neighborhood, we used to live in townhouses that were connected, and they were connected by these stairwells. So my house, I can come through my basement, and through my basement, I can we shared a laundry room, and then there was a hallway and a staircase that goes upstairs to where their home is. So in that staircase, it's kind of like a limbo area, right? I'm not describing it well, but just understand that there's an empty staircase inside of these houses. So I decided that I'm going to do it for the two ice cream bars, you know, and the girls, they put the money together. They all come down and it was a weird transaction at first because I'm sitting on my doorstep and the eight girls show up and they go, are you ready to strip? And I go, do you got the ice cream bars? Like some kind of weird fucking drug deal. And they were, they were like, they showed me the ice cream bars. And they were, I was like, well, give it to me. And they were like, nah, you got to do the job first. I said, fair enough. Now, regardless of the fact that I was being asked to do something for uh, a monetary exchange, I kind of believe if you would do anything for money, you kind of would have done it anyways. You just are using this as a little bit of an incentive. I think I always wanted to strip because I always, I just, I liked the idea of being sexy. All right. I'll be honest. I just, I wanted, I, like I told you guys, I wasn't a good looking kid and I wanted people, I wanted attention and I would have taken it any way I got it. And so I felt that this was my time to get that positive attention because there was girls in my neighborhood that I would have loved to have gotten with that were in that group of eight. So I went down into the basement and I had something all prepared. I had a towel that had buttons on it and you could wrap it around your waist and lock it in with these buttons. It had three buttons. And so I went and I took my pants off uh, took off. I had my underwear uh, on and then I had on a shirt with the towel. So I have my shirt, towel, and underneath the towel is my underwear. And uh, yes, it was. I was 12. So yes, it was uh, brief. It, just exactly, it was a little boy brief. So I go into the hallway and I take a deep breath and I'm like, fuck it. There's no turning back. So I get into the hallway now where they're all waiting and girls were hanging over the banisters of staircases sitting on the steps and they take out a little radio and they start playing the music. Now I'm I'm Caribbean from Scarborough so of course it was reggae. And I start <laughs> I start fucking dancing. 
And as I'm dancing, I take off my shirt. And as soon as I take off my shirt, one of the girls says, man, this would be so much better if he actually had a body. I will tell you right now, that crushed my self-esteem to this day. I was not able to take my shirt off in public ever again without having some kind of fear because when she said that, my whole vibe just shut down to the point where I almost was like ready to just pack it in and leave. And they were like, no, 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 no. Don't leave. Go ahead and finish. We're just saying... It would have been better <laughs> if you had a body. Now, that didn't make it any better that they said that. But for some reason, it was enough to entice me to keep going. Because in my head, I was like, well, I got the fucking dick. So that's going to make them love me. So I I didn't want to give it to them too quick. You know what I mean? So I wanted to entice them. So what I decided to do was go to one of the girls and say, pull off a button, you know, try to make it interactive and entertaining. So I went to the first girl and I said, pull off a button from the towel. And she pulled off a button. The girls started to get excited. Then I went to the next girl. And the next girl I went to was this big ass fat girl. And I go over to her because I think, you know, I'm trying to be nice. You know, I was trying to use that old school tactic of, uh, if you want the attention of the pretty girl, flirt with the ugly girl. So I went to the big fat girl and I said, pull off a button. This bitch pulled the whole fucking towel down. And then the girls descended upon me with like rapist fucking talons. They ripped my underwear clean off of my body. And I had to run, literally run, running downstairs with girls chasing me, screaming, get him. And I, I was scared. I, the, the fear I had was unexplainable. I don't even know. Like I, it went from, hey, don't do that to holy shit. Ah, ah, and then I just started running. And I ran to my basement and I got to my door and slammed the door just as you can hear their hands banging and hitting on the doors. So I'm now breathing heavy, naked, towel is gone, underwear is ripped off, I'm stark ass naked in my basement, the girls are banging on the door. Finally, it gets silent. And from under the door, I see the jamming of the ice cream sandwiches under the door. And then all I hear is, Thanks a lot, bitch. And I'm going to tell you right now, I <laughs> I remember taking my squished up Klondike bar and I was eating it. And as I'm eating it, I'm like, you're so dirty, you filthy piece of shit. <laughs> and the song, What Would You Do For A Klondike Bar? <laughs> has always reminded me of the day I first stripped. So there you go, people. I ain't perfect. I do dub shit. And, you know, I live through it. Anyways, man, if you guys want to write in uh, to the podcast, please do at thecomedyreject at gmail.com. Write in to me. Tell me a story. 
talk to me, ask me any kind of questions, whatever it is. I'd love to hear from you guys. Make sure you guys check out my boy Uzi La, uh, spelt. Ah, oh, damn it, I can't find it. Let me let me find it because I want you guys. I want to do him justice on this. Uh, what's his page? Uzi Uzi. Oh God, it's O O. There we go. So Uzi La is at Uzi La, spelled O O Z E E L A. All right, O O Z E E L A. I want you guys to look this dude up. He is a phenomenal artist, and I want him to sing. I don't know what we'll make up, but we'll make something up. But I want him to sing my opening song, whatever the the opening credits are for for the comedy reject. So make sure you guys check him out and check out if you guys, especially women, if you want uh, to do some self-defense classes, make sure you check out my boy, Randy King. You can find him on Instagram, Randy King Live. Uh, He's got amazing things uh, with knife fighting, stick fighting, self-defense, and also prevention. So make sure you guys look those people up, man. With that being said, this has been the podcast for episode number five, man. Like I said, look out for episode number six, which will not only be a audio podcast, but also a video. Love you guys. Later.